0: Yeah, yes, I'm ready. I is ready. (laughs) Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Freight Broker TV podcast. My name is Mike, I'm your host. And important announcement to make today. I got a notification uh, early this morning. That the FBT Freight Broker TV podcast is now available on iHeart Radio. Is that what they're calling it? iHeartRadio? Radio. Let me look. Hope I don't mess something up doing this, yes, iHeartRadio. Radio. So, if you've got the iHeartRadio Radio app, you can uh, find us, find the Freight Broker TV podcast on the iHeart Radio app. And uh, add us. Subscribe to the podcast. What a day. I I was being asked a moment ago if I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Ready for the uh, webinar webathon (laughs) tomorrow. Going to be doing three webinars tomorrow. Now, today is January 29th. Tomorrow is January 30th. And Got three webinars scheduled: 11 a.m., 2 p.m., 7 p.m. You have to register. They're free, but you got to register to attend. You'll get a token, and you'll get an email letting you know, hey, it's getting ready to start. Boogie on over, tune in, get signed in. But anyway, the webinar is going to be focused on the transportation industry. Obviously, I'm going to be talking about freight brokering, how to get started, what to expect, pay number of other uh, items as well. Now, to register, just go to our website, FreightBrokerTV.com. You'll see the register button there. They're all over the place. Click on it, register for the one that you want to attend. You only need to register for one. It's going to be the same information on all three. We just have it scheduled three times to allow you the benefit of scheduling to attend the webinar that works best for your schedule. Makes sense. All right, what else going on? Let's see. If you haven't subscribed for the uh, FBTV newsletter, do so. You can go to FreightBrokerTV.com. Subscribe to the newsletter there. Don't forget, we have the continuous broadcast going on as well. FBTV Radio. FBTV Radio. You're listening to FBTV Radio. (laughs) What you get on the FBTV Radio, believe it or not, it's not the podcast. We do a live radio show every Friday, 10 a.m. Central Time, hosted by yours truly. Uh, We get together for about an hour. We talk about transportation issues and things uh, affecting the industry, Uh, trucker stories, entertainment. You know, we try to have a good time with it. But, uh, you know, if you're, you're a driver, you're out there on the, on the road and, you know, those miles, they just turn in, they're just boring. You know, a lot of people don't, understand, don't, don't get this. Driving a truck is really boring. <laughs> you know, except for a few moments, except for a few moments when it's total chaos every once in a while, it's really boring. Because you're going down that road uh, hundreds of miles a day, doing nothing, talking on the CB. You got cell phones now. At least you're able to call, you know, the people and talk while you're going down the road. But you got the radio or you got your phone or your podcast or whatever you want to listen to going down the road. And... uh, but that's what it's for. The FBTV radios 24-7. What we're doing is airing the most recent FBTV Radio live broadcast. And we do that live every Friday morning, 10 a.m. But it starts replaying that same day as well. With the past broadcast we've done, as well as uh, morning coffee. If you haven't got morning coffee yet, that's a new, new feature from FBTV. Every morning... Around 6 a.m. we posted a new morning coffee for that day. A couple of minutes where we're in the truck stop talking about a specific topic. Obviously about transportation. And they're about two, three minutes long. But, uh, these are podcasts. They're set up as a podcast so you can subscribe to those. Just look for the FBTV morning coffee on your favorite podcast app. Now, this is not on iHeart yet. Not yet, but it will be. But, uh, yeah, you're going to be able to find that and listen. It's on the website as well. Every day there's a new one up there. Matter of fact, I think we kind of probably need to do that different because we're kind of getting that squirreled up a little bit. Mid-America Trekking Show coming up. If you don't know by now, if you've listened to the radio, the podcast, seen the videos that we do, <laughs> if you don't know about the Mid-America Trekking Show coming up, in March, well, where have you been? Because we've been talking about it a lot. Mid-America Trucking Show 2020, going to be in Louisville, Kentucky, Kentucky Expo Center, March 26th through 28th. Why am I telling you about it? Because you can register to attend for free if you do so before February 25th. Otherwise, it's going to cost you 10 bucks. And I explain this every time. Okay, now you may not be thinking about attending, but what if you are up in Louisville in March, around the time of the trucking show, and you think, "Hey, let's go see that. Let's go check it out." Well, if you registered before twenty February twenty fifth, you're going to save ten bucks because you'll get in free. So that's why we're telling you about it. Now, what are we going to be talking about today, besides all this business we've been taking care of? Well, let's see here. Yeah. Average diesel price has fallen two point seven cents from last week, down to three hundred one per gallon on average. Uh, drivers, check this out: May fifth through May seventh, it's the seventy-two hour roadside. You know what that means? Every state going to be out there for three days straight, seventy-two hours, just Really going over everything with a fine-tooth comb. You know, when I was driving, those were the three days that uh, I tried to make sure I was at home. You know, take a three-day vacation. I didn't need the hassle. Still don't. You know, you can have a brand-new truck and trailer. Brand new. You can get inspected, and the DOT guy is going to find something wrong with it. It's going to cost somebody money. I guarantee. (laughs) If they want to, they can find something wrong with it. That's why I'm not a big fan of inspections. I get their 72-hour roadside, uh, sort of. Okay, I do appreciate they telling everybody when it's going to be. Uh, and again, usually this is in June, but this year it's going to be early. It's going to be coming up in May. It's going to be happening from May 5th through May 7th. What is that anyway? What day is that on? Let me look here. Let me pull up my calendar and I'll tell you. I say I will. There's February, April, May. Oh, man. 5th through 7th is going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So, anyway, looks like May 5th. I got a little asterisk here saying it's Cinco de Mayo. May 5th. But anyway... Be on the lookout for that. Okay, while perusing the internet, which I do find things to talk about with you and share and sometimes just shake my head going, what were they thinking? Well, I I found a, a story posted just recently. And it's the same old, same old Trekkers problems are freight brokers fault. All of our problems in the trucking industry is because of the freight broker. I get so tired of that. <laughs> you know, if you're a broker, you do too. And to be honest with you, if you're a trucking company, I don't care for you how big you are, that should embarrass you. It really should. Now, here's the story. A trucker, we'll call him Jim. Now, to my understanding, this is true. This is real. I, I came across this. It was in the form of an article on the internet. I'm not going to say the guy's real name. going to, not going to tell you where the article was for the simple reason. This, this isn't the first time I've seen this type of an article, or and it's not going to be the last. But anyway, we'll call him Jim. Jim got into trucking, I guess, about a year ago, trying to figure out what that article was trying to say. I think that's what they meant. And he got into the industry, and he figured out pretty quick that uh, he had a lot to learn about trucking, the trucking business. And this is something I've always told everybody. You know, I've had clients. They could get in that truck, put that baby in reverse in New York City, and back it all the way to L.A. Not hesitate. Not have a problem, be able to do it. No, you know, no sweat. But when it comes to the business end of trucking, eh, maybe they should uh, stick to driving. Okay, I'm not knocking them. Some people just don't do business very well. And and I have nothing against that. But if you're going to get into the business, if you're going to be on the business side of the trucking industry, it behooves you to learn about the business. You know, even uh, at Totoa, we get clients occasionally that call, people that call. No experience, none whatsoever in the transportation industry. They've heard about brokering from a friend. They decided they want to be a freight broker. They've done just enough digging, just enough research, educated them just enough to be dangerous. In other words, they want to get out here and start their own freight brokerage company, get their authority, start their own company. Now. And, okay, no then we we have to spend 20, 30 minutes trying to talk them out of and explaining. And once we explain it, they get the details and the information, they get it. They understand why they shouldn't do that. Okay. And, and, you know, some of this is, okay, it's been our experience that a lot of people, yeah, they're trying to do the research. They're really trying to learn, and they call a lot of these quote, unquote, training schools. And instead of giving them the facts, these so-called training schools are trying to sell them on the idea of starting their brokerage. Now, one thing we firmly recommend to brokers is don't use a factoring company. If you got to use a factoring company as a broker, you shouldn't be starting your own freight brokerage at this point. You need money to be able to do that. Factoring company, you're giving away your profit, bottom line. But anyway, that's a story for another day. Right now, we're talking about Jim, and he got into trucking and figured out he had a lot to learn. What uh, what got his goat was that he thought the rates were too low. Well, Jim, welcome, <laughs> welcome to trucking. You know, uh, brokers think the rates are too low as well. Well, bottom line, he, he didn't feel like he was getting his fair share. What happened, Jim had taken a load from a broker that was paying him 500 bucks. When he went to pick up the load, he found out that the shipper was paying the broker 700 And that just really ticked Jim off. He thought that the uh, broker was making too much off that load. I mean, considering Jim was doing all the work... Well, Jim, that's one way to look at it, I guess. But uh, I'll get back to that in a minute. The story goes on. I mean, really, blah, 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 blah. It, it becomes obvious Jim is lacking business and uh, real industry knowledge. And not knocking him. Everybody's got to learn. And uh, what, what I think is sad that he's learning, he thinks he's doing something by going out here, starting up the press, telling his side of the story. But the fact, truth be known, I'm embarrassed for him. Bottom line, yes, rates should be more. I agree with you. Should that broker have paid him more than five hundred? No. No. If he agreed to move the load for five hundred, then he found out he the broker was getting seven. That's not that's that's not the broker's fault. That's Jim's fault. He agreed to move the load for five hundred. You know, I mean, this is almost we could go to the Bible on this stuff, but I'm not. I'm not going there. But come on, man. You agreed to move the load for that amount of money, which, to his credit, I'm sure he did. I didn't see anywhere in the story where he walked away from it. Uh, but don't be sitting here whining that the broker made too much. No, see what, what a lot of people don't understand when it comes on the carrier side, or when they got this mentality. And usually, it's a small trucking company that has this, you know, that they have this thought process that the broker's doing nothing but screwing them, and that's so far from the truth. It's not even funny. That's not to say there aren't bad brokers. Yes, I will be the first one to step up to the plate and say there are definitely bad brokers. Definitely bad brokers. Uh, they'll, they'll lie through their teeth. I never understood that. Why does a broker lie to a trucking company or a driver about a load when that broker knows that the truth is going to come out within 72 to 96 hours? When that load, you know, it will come out and the phone's going to ring. There's going to be somebody on the other end that is really ticked off and you're going to have to deal with it. I, Why would you want to do that to yourself? I don't get that. But anyway, yes, there are bad brokers. But, when it comes to a business deal, a business deal is a business deal. If you chose to do it for 500 you have no, no, you know, uh, you've got no right, well, you've got a right to complain, but, it, you know, the thing is, is, it comes back on you. You're the one that said you'd do it for the rate that the broker was paying. Now, Let's start here. Jim's looking at the work he had to do. Okay, $500 load. Eh, He's going to pick it up today, probably deliver it that afternoon or maybe even tomorrow at the latest. I mean, it's going to be, we know that load's not going very far. Okay, bottom line, just by the rate it's paying. So he's going to be 24 hours under that load. For that broker to be able to get that customer, to establish that customer, build a relationship, so that broker was able to start working with that customer and getting loads to be able to offer to trucking companies. He may have been working with that customer for months. Jim is benefiting from the work he's doing for that one load. Okay, now, fair, not fair, that's neither here nor there, but the thing is, first and foremost... Is it's not the job of the broker to make Jim money. A broker's a business, the shipper is a business, the trucking company is a business, each business is responsible for making their own money. Now, let's take this on a little bit further. In order for a trekking company to be profitable, and and if and Jim's not his real name, obviously, but but if he hears this broadcast, maybe it'll help him. Or maybe, you know, if, without getting mad at me, hopefully you'll, hopefully you'll listen to the whole story here or the whole podcast and, and get an idea of what's what, what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to upset anybody. This is just truth, okay? A broker is there to assist a trucking company in relocate, relocating their equipment to where they have a customer or where they need their equipment to be. Be it a driver's needing to get home, uh, but usually it's customer base, where their customer is. A broker should be used for a backhaul. Now, I got into this discussion. I may have talked about it on an earlier podcast or something. But, I don't know. Ten years ago, I was up in Fayetteville at Bike, Blues, and Barbecue. And I was sitting in the beer garden. Nice day. It was October. If you're familiar with Fayetteville and Bike, Blues, and Barbecue, you know what I'm talking about. But the beer garden, what they called it, it was just a patio with tables all around. And a big table. It was a community table. I sat down. I mean, this one guy, we started talking. And... uh, he goes, "What do you? Hey, what do you do? What do you do for a living?" I said, "Well, I'm a transportation logistics consultant." He goes, "Trucking?" I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah, I'm a driver." And I thought, "Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> here we go." And the conversation went that way. He goes, uh, "Well, tell me, what do you what do you think? Do you think uh, do you think there are such things as back-offs? And I told him, "Yeah, obviously, there's a <laughs> backhaul. Hauls are real. Backhalls, back a backhaul, a backhaul for the trucking company is real." No, no, no. I disagree. That's what he told me. He disagreed. He had heard on the radio, one of these overnight radio trucking shows, that uh, <clears throat> there was no such thing as a backhaul, and he agreed with it. He said every load's a head haul for a truck. Well, that's wrong. That is just flat out wrong. If you're a trucking company and you don't have a customer base, well, you should not be in trucking. Not yet. Build that customer base. Now, how do you build a customer base? You start making contacts. You start explaining to people what you plan on doing. You want to have a customer base, you know, and depending on the size of your trucking company. You don't want to just go out here, keep your fingers crossed, hope for the best, and that you're going to be the exception. That never works. Now, told this story to a lot of people, but here's what usually happens in trucking. You start out as a driver, a company driver. Okay, you have ambition. You decide you want to be an owner-operator, but you don't want to buy a truck. You're scared to go out here and try to buy a truck. You don't know that much about the industry. But the company you work for has a lease purchase program. So you purchase a truck through that lease purchase program. All right. Everything's, everything's dandy. Man, you're happy. You are an owner-operator, and then one day you get ticked off and you quit. And you have no more truck because the truck's not going with you. Since you had not paid it off or finished your lease purchase, the truck's staying with the company and all that money you've paid into it. Well, trucking company's going, thank you so much. Now, granted, you were making extra money along that time, and hopefully you didn't have that many expenses, but you probably did. You probably learned like the rest of us. Anytime your truck breaks down, it's going to cost you a 1000 bucks plus. So at least you learned through that experience you had to have a reserve. Now, what happens, you don't want to ever have that happen to you again, so you decide, well, I'm going to go to I'm going to go to one of these used truck lots or so I'm going to buy me a brand new truck and then I'll lease that onto a trucking company. I'll, you know, if I get mad and quit again, I'll take my truck with me. Okay, that's... Good idea. That's usually how it works. So you go out here, you buy a truck, you find out pretty easily it's real easy to buy a truck. You know, they can't get you in the door fast enough. Can't get you to sign on the dotted line fast enough. You take on that $1,000, 1500 2000 a month payment. And boom, you got a truck you leased it on. Within a week, you're out on the road in your bright and shiny new truck. Then you start noticing... Hey, this trucking company's paying me, I don't know, I'm just making numbers up here, buck fifty a mile. But holy smoke, look at these loads on the load board. They're paying over $2 a mile. I could get my own authority, buy a trailer, get my insurance, and use a broker all the time and make money. I'll be, you know, give myself 50 cent, 75 cent raise. <laughs> yeah. There's the beginning of your failure right there. Any trucking company that's trying to use a broker for their dispatcher is on average losing 3 to $600 a week per truck. $600 a week. That's $30,000 a year. See what I mean? Okay. You got to have your own customers because if you are operating properly as a trucking company, You've got a customer base. Let's say you're based in Dallas, Texas. You've got a customer base right there around Dallas, Texas that you feed from. In other words, you've went into that business. You've done a contract. You're going to haul their loads for X amount of money and that money's coming right to you. They are your customer. You're servicing your customer. You're getting a better rate. There's no broker. There's no intermediary whatsoever. That is your customer. So they got loads. Maybe their loads are paying three bucks a mile or whatever. You know, I'm just numbers out of the air again. Don't, you know, these are just numbers out of the air as an example. All right. So you got loads coming out of Dallas. Uh, Your customer has a a customer in Atlanta. So you're moving a load for them to Atlanta, Georgia. When you get to Atlanta, what do you want to do? You want to get that load off your truck as quick as you can and get back to Dallas as quick as you can so you can pick up another one of your customers' high-paying loads. That's when you use a broker. See, the load going from Dallas to Atlanta, that is your head haul. Your back haul is going to be when you're in Atlanta trying to get back to Dallas. Last thing you want to do is, okay, be in Atlanta, go to Chicago. From Chicago, go to Wichita, Kansas, Wichita, Kansas, back to Dallas. I mean, you've just cost yourself all that time. You've hauled brokered loads that finally got you back to Dallas, but that's not reality. Reality is you want to get back to Dallas as soon as you can. You know, if I get in, if I'm empty in Atlanta today, I'm hope I'm in Dallas tomorrow night, so I can pick up another one of my customer loads that next morning. That's how a trucking company makes money. That's how they become profitable. You know, the the most successful trucking companies I've worked with or I've seen, they've built their business up to where they got customers all over the country. Now, it doesn't happen overnight. But they've built their business up. So, when they deliver a load, let's use that Dallas to Atlanta example. Okay, they deliver a load in Atlanta. Well, they got a customer there in Atlanta where they can pick up a load coming back toward Dallas. Maybe going to Tulsa, but that's going to get them back. They got a head haul going both ways. See what I mean? A broker is a convenience for a trucking company. A broker is not meant to be a dispatcher. Jim agreed to move that load for $500. If it wasn't enough, he should have said no. Bottom line, obviously it was enough at least until he heard what the shipper or was paying the broker. Okay, here's the other deal. Okay. And I'll tell my clients this, you know, if if the market rate is a mile. And I've got a customer that's paying me $5 a mile. I'm not going to pay a truck $4.50 a mile because I'm making more money from my customer. I developed that relationship. I'm going to move that load for market rate. Now, you may think, well, that's not right. That's, That's not fair. Yes, it is fair. That's business. That is business, my friends. That is business. And I understand if you're on the trucking side of that argument, well, that's not fair. I get where you're coming from, but no, you've got to go out there and get your own customer. A broker's getting his own customer. He's out there beating on doors, making phone calls, doing what he's got to do to build that relationship. I've got uh, one client, started his broker brokerage from scratch, Kind of felt his way along, but he was able to build it up to where he's got enough business now and he's got people working for him. All he does now is fly around the country visiting current customers and potential customers, takes them out to eat, wines and dines them, gets more freight, building that relationship. So, are you doing that, Mr. Trucking Company? Oh, I know, you're small, you're a small trucking company. Well, you've got to figure out how to do it. you got to make it work for you. You, you see what I'm saying? The money's out there. You just got to find it and make it work for you. And if you don't know how to find it, you can learn how to find it. You learned how to drive a truck. Learn the business end of the business. You know, learn the business end of transportation. Now, another misconception is brokers don't set the rates trucks do. Except for uh, the so-called, they call themselves volume brokers. That's a story for another day. We'll get into it. Matter of fact, I think I've talked about it before, but still... It's not the point today. The uh, this is what I'm saying. Jim Jim took the load for five hundred. Okay. Now, let's say Jim would not take that load for five hundred. He kept on telling the broker, "No, no, no, man, I've got to have at least seven or eight hundred bucks to move that load." Now, I'm just you know I'm just saying. If he did that, the broker would have to go back to that customer and say, "Hey, the truck's not going to touch it for less than," and he's going to mark it up. If Jim was hard on seven hundred bucks, well, the broker's going to go back and say, "Man, he's not. You know, I need to have a thousand bucks to get this load moved." That's how the rates go up. The trucks set the rate. The shipper is paying according to the market, and if the market says seven hundred, that's all the shipper's going to pay. And Jim took the low for five hundred. He agreed to it, like I said a minute ago. It was fine until he found out that the broker was getting seven. Then he got upset about it. Now, a broker, (laughs) when it comes to negotiation, this is Negotiation 101. A broker isn't going to start at the highest rate they're going to pay for the load. Generally, keep in mind that a broker wants to make a minimum of 10%, unless you're a volume broker, and that's just idiot talk. Okay? A broker wants to make 10%. They need to make 10% to be profitable. So, in this case, the shipper paid 700. dollars Okay, even at fifteen percent, uh, Jim would have got five ninety-five at fifteen, so five ninety-five dollars more than he actually got. Ten percent, he would have got six thirty. Okay, so let's assume that the uh, broker, he knows he does not want to make any less than six hundred and thirty dollars, and it looks like this broker went to twenty percent because twenty percent of seven. Yeah, I think that put it down there pretty close, give or take. Right? Hold on. Let me let me do, let me do the math. That's it. I'm here. Now you made 29%. All right. So he took a shot. Well, one thing, this is probably a short haul load. Now, the other thing, too, the broker's taking into consideration is where was this truck wanting to go? Where Where was Jim wanting to go? Now, if it's a broker worth of salt, he asks Jim a few questions. And he may have determined that Jim was wanting to go where this load was going. This load's destination had a reason. So at that point, he was able to drop the his negotiating rate to a lower point for the beginning of the negotiation. Now, with the 30%, about well, 29%, 30%, whatever you want to call it there, between 500 and 700 net, you know, it almost sounds to me... That the broker started at 500 probably ready to pay more because he knows the truck is going to negotiate. But Jim just said, okay, no negotiation whatsoever. If this broker would have started at 300 or 400 and Jim had to negotiate him up to 500 okay, <laughs> you know, he should have kept going. It's knowing how to negotiate. Okay, bottom line. To be honest with you. I don't see $500 being a bad rate. Now, for this load, I assume it's a load that's just going a few hundred miles, a couple of hundred maybe. Could be going more, but there's not enough information about the load uh, where I, I found this uh, the, the article. I'm not sure where it's picking up where it's going. I will say this, it sounded like it was a hotshot load. So there you have a little bit more reason that the load may have been paying a little bit, you know, the 500 would have been reasonable. I don't know. Don't have all the details, but I see nothing wrong with what this broker did. I hear Jim being upset because he's not making enough money. And the reason he's not making enough money is because, well, he doesn't quite have the experience. He's not, he doesn't know how to negotiate. He doesn't understand the industry. The broker is not Jim's problem. Jim not really knowing the business end of the industry is the problem here. Okay? All right. I know I probably ruffled some feathers on that. But, you know, be mad at me. We go back and listen again. I think it'll make sense. You know, once you calm down a little bit. You know, one of the biggest things I have or issues I have or problems I have when I have a new client, you know, and, and for those of you who don't know, I'm a consultant with Daltoa a transportation logistics consulting firm. And we train and consult freight brokers, freight broker agents and such. But uh, whenever I get a client that's been a driver... Owner operator, small trucking company owner. I explained to them up front, I'm going to tick you off probably, but you got to put yourself, you just got to, you know, you've got to understand you got to separate the two. As a trucking company or the trucking side of the business is thinking one way, the freight broker side of the business another. You got to separate the two. Bottom line, it is not you. The broker, it is not your responsibility to make the trucking company money like I said a moment ago. That is on the trucking company. You're the intermediary. Okay? All right. Fantastic. All right. Don't forget tomorrow. We have the... Uh, tomorrow being Thursday, January 30th. Got the webinar. If you haven't signed up last day to do it, got to get signed up for that, registered. Uh, you go to our website, freightbrokertv.com to... Schedule the webinar you want to attend. You get a token, and you will be able to attend that webinar. All right. It is January 29th, and how's the weather here today? You know, I got a boat, and last last one week ago today it snowed. We had a half an inch of snow, and it shut down the whole city. Yeah, it looks like we're talking. They're talking 71 here on Sunday. That that might be the day the boat gets wet. <laughs> anyway. go have a go have a good wednesday unless of course you've made other plans and if you did well change them